book of Hebrews tonight, the book of Hebrews. Uh, We'll be in the last part of chapter 10, the first part of chapter number 11 of the book of Hebrews. In this morning's message, uh, we were talking some about faith, uh, uh, which goes right along with what we're going to be looking at this evening, and Lord willing, over the next few Sunday nights, uh, Lord willing, I would like to start a series, and tonight we'll introduce the series, uh, uh, but I would like to start a series that I'm titling Stories of faith. And in this series, what I would like to do is, of course, we know the Word of God is filled with stories of men of faith. And we will look at some of those briefly this evening, different folks and the things that they accomplished because of faith. But there are also many, many soldiers of the faith who have lived after the time that the Word of God was recorded. There's been many men of God who have accomplished great things for God through their faith in what God was able to do. And so what I would like to do uh, after tonight and the Sunday nights that are coming is to look at some stories of faith, uh, both uh, of Christians in the Word of God and Christians uh, who have gone before you and I that have paved the way uh, for the work of the Lord. And so uh, we're going to start tonight, though, introducing this thought uh, of faith. In the Christian life, faith is a key element. Faith uh, is a necessary component of the Christian life. As a matter of fact, without faith, you cannot live the Christian life. The Christian life is based on faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The very foundation of Christianity is faith. This morning, we looked at the parable of the mustard seed and we saw that a little faith goes a long way. But tonight, I want to look at how the Word of God defines this thing called faith. And then we want to take over the next few weeks and look at individuals that have taken the faith of the Word of God and put it into practice. And by looking at these folks, we will both learn how to apply faith to our life and we will also be challenged by the examples of those who have put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Here in the book of Hebrews chapter number 11, we have what is often called the faith chapter. It's an entire chapter devoted to explaining and giving examples of those who lived by faith. Some of the greatest men and women of faith are listed here in Hebrews chapter number 11. Now the list in Hebrews 11 is not an exhaustive list. There's many, many others in the Word of God that were also men of faith. But here in Hebrews chapter 11, some of the greatest men and women of faith are listed. And because of this, many times we refer to Hebrews 11 as God's... uh, as God's hall of faith. You know, we hear the hall of fame. Hebrews 11 is God's hall of faith. Men and women who were people who lived by faith in God. And so tonight, to introduce this series, I want to consider the description of faith as found here in Hebrews chapter number 11. If you would look with me in Hebrews chapter number 10, we're going to begin our reading in verse number 37 of Hebrews chapter number 10 and then we'll read down through verse number 3 of Hebrews chapter number 11. The Bible says in Hebrews 10 verse number 37, the Bible says, For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come, And will not tarry. Boy, I tell you what, I'm looking forward to that. Verse number 38, Now the just, until that time that he comes, now the just shall live by faith. 
But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Chapter number 11, verse 1, the Bible says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report through faith. We understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and we'll get into the message this evening. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, for your people. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that we have to come to your house. We thank you, Lord, for your word, for the truth of your word, for the application of your word, for the practical use of your word. And Father, Lord, that it's not some mystical document, Lord, that we cannot understand and cannot apply, but Lord, it is something that is real, uh, something, Lord, that is effective and something that that can change our life. Now, Lord, as we look at this subject of faith, Lord, I know it is a subject that we're all familiar with. I know it's a subject that we've heard preached on many times, but Lord, I know that in the Christian life, it is also a subject, uh, uh, Lord, that we need to rehearse over and over and over again. For Father, you say that without faith, uh, it is impossible to please you. So Father, I pray that you will bless us now this evening as we look into your word. And Father, we'll thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Here in chapter number 10, verse number 38, we read the words, Now the just shall live by faith. And then in Hebrews 11, 1, we read the phrase, Now faith is. Now the just shall live by faith. Now faith is. We are first instructed in verse number 38 concerning the importance of faith. This is how the just will live. But then we are giving a full exposition on the application of that faith in chapter number 11. So this evening I want us to take a few moments to look at this exposition of faith and then consider a variety of people who lived according to this faith and look at what they accomplished for God because of faith. But this evening I want to point out several things from Hebrews chapter number 11 concerning faith. Here in verse number 1 of Hebrews we find a definition of what faith is, but we find much more than a definition of faith. Here in this chapter, the author of Hebrews also gives us a description of what faith does. Not only does he explain it to us, but he gives an examples so that we understand how it applies and its importance in our lives. So as we get into this chapter, we're going to look at several things. Excuse me. I don't know what the deal is. Maybe it's because I preach a lot, but boy, I'm telling you, it seems like I need that water more and more. But uh, we get here in Hebrews chapter number 11, and the first thing we find as we get into this chapter, the, in the very first phrase, we find the strength of faith, the strength of faith. It says in verse number 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. When we look at that word substance, the word substance here means quite literally to support, to place under, to hold up, to strengthen, to sustain. Whenever we look at this verse, it says now faith is the substance of things hoped for. We find that the substance means it is that which holds us up 
up. It is that which supports us. It is that which stabilizes us. In other words, faith is to the Christian what a foundation is to a home. Faith is to a Christian what a footer is to a large building. Faith is that which we build upon. It is that which holds us up. It is the strength that enables us to confidently receive and apply the truths of God's Word to our lives. You know, many times when we get into the Word of God, the things that we read in the Word of God, had we not grown up in church and heard these principles our entire life, we get into the Word of God and we read things that are taught in the Word of God and in light of what is acceptable in our society, oftentimes we will feel that these are not practical truths. These truths do not apply. These truths are not relevant in our day and many different things will come to our mind. Faith is that thing that enables me to live by what is in the Word of God regardless of what society says about what is in the Word of God. Faith is that thing that enables me to follow the teachings of the Word of God even if it makes no sense in this world in which I live. Faith is that which supports my belief in the Lord Jesus Christ. Faith is that which holds me up. It is that which is underneath and strengthens me that I can confidently receive and apply God's word to my life. Faith is the assurance that what God has said, He will do. Faith is the assurance that if God said it would work, it will work. Faith is the assurance that if God said this is the best path, then it's the best path. Faith is the assurance that if God says this is the way I ought to go, this is the way I ought to conduct things, it is the best way. Faith gives the believer the ability to expect great things when he puts his trust in God. Faith is what gives me the ability to know that if I put my faith in God, I can expect that He will do great and mighty things. Faith is what gives the Christian confidence and assurance to stand on the promises of God even when the circumstances and situations seem impossible. Whenever it seems that there is absolutely no way that the promise of God is going to come through, faith enables me to stand on that promise anyway. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the foundation. It is that which is, comes up underneath and supports and strengthens. As we continue in verse number 1, not only do we see the strength of faith, but we also see the proof of faith. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, but then it goes on and says, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the confirmation of that which I cannot prove through sight. You know, there's a lot of things that I can't prove through sight. I've never seen Abraham Lincoln. Now, Kale was doing some genealogy stuff for school, and we was tracing some things back, and come to find out, apparently, 
uh, Abraham Lincoln was a distant cousin of my mom's family. I don't know if that's true or not, but you know, folks always used to tell me I had Abraham Lincoln's chin. That's why I grew his beard to cover it up. But uh, <laughs> I've never seen Abraham Lincoln, but faith tells me he was a real person. There's a lot of things we could talk about. Uh, I, I was an adult before I ever seen the ocean. But when I seen it, I wasn't like, wow, I didn't know that existed. No, I knew it existed. There were facts. There were things that had been shown to me. There was, there was documents. There was all kinds of folks that verified it, and therefore I believed it. Faith is that which confirms that which I cannot prove through sight. It is the evidence of things not seen. Faith confirms in my mind that the things God has stated to be true are true even if I'm physically unable to confirm them. Faith is what says to me that if God says this is true then I believe it is true. Now, I appreciate all of the things and the artifacts that we see. Boy, in the Faith Bible Institute that we do on Monday nights, our professor John Yates, boy, I'm telling you what, he has accumulated over the years a, a tremendous amount of artifacts. And boy, he can show artifacts and he can show coins and he can show all these things that give physical proof of the Word of God. And I appreciate these artifacts that support the Word of God. But to be honest with you, I do not need to find Noah's ark to believe that the story of the flood is true. I do not have to hold one of the original stone tablets with the Ten Commandments scribed on it in order for me to believe that God met with Moses there on Mount Sinai. I don't have to have physical truth, physical proof. I believe with the Word of God because faith is my evidence. Faith is what confirms what I am unable to physically see. It's been said that faith enables the believing soul to treat the future as present and the invisible as seen. Because of faith, I'm convinced that what God has said is true and that faith in God is the proof that compels me to conform to the teaching of his word. Faith is what confirms to my heart that this book is true. And that faith is what compels me to live by this book. Faith is all the evidence I need in order to follow the word of God. As we continue here in Hebrews chapter number 11, we see the strength of faith, we see the proof of faith. But when we come to verse number 2, we see the work of faith. The work of faith. In verse number 2 it says this, For by it the elders obtained a good report. Now, God is our creator. God is the Almighty. God is the Lord of Lords. He is the King of Kings. He is the all-sufficient ruler of everything. Therefore, the only report that matters when I come to the end of my time here on this earth is the report that God gives of me. The only report that is going to make any difference is the report that God comes to or that God gives because of the life that I have 
have lived here on this earth. There is going to come a day of reckoning and God the Almighty Judge will be the one who states whether my life was worth anything or not. We come here to verse number 2 and it says, For by it, that is faith, for by faith the elders obtained a good report. Here in just a minute we'll look a little further at verses 4 down through verse number 39. But in those verses we find a list of people who accomplished amazing things for the cause of Christ because they believed God. And the Bible says here that God has given them a good report. He has recorded them as heroes of the faith because they acted on their faith. They believed God and they acted upon it. We see here a number of people who accomplished great things for God and in every case their accomplishments can be traced to faith. Every one their accomplishments can be traced to faith. If we read through the Old Testament we will also find examples of people who accomplished great things here on this earth immaterial things. We find of kings that built great empires. We find of kings that conquered many nations. But as we read of them, many of these kings, we find that their lives ended in disgrace. And when they stand before God, they will not receive a good report. But those we read about here in chapter number 11 were people who lived by faith and because they lived by faith, they lived believing that what God said was true. They lived believing that the principles of this book were true. They lived believing that what God had said was going to come to pass. They lived that way and although materially speaking they never amounted to anything, although earthly speaking they may have not been notable, according to God who is the only one that matters he said these people have received a good report they have received a good report when we act in faith our life will be marked with a testimony of our faith when you live a life based on the word of God it will be evident that you are living according to the word of God now whenever we talk about faith let me just make this clear faith in God is not some sort of unfounded optimism boy sometimes we see that when I worked there at the car dealership they did this promotion I'll just let y'all in on this in case you ever see one of these promotions now they did this promotion they made mailed out uh, thousands of keys, thousands of keys, mailed them out all over the state of Virginia. One of these keys unlocked a box, and in that box was a key to a new automobile. I forget what automobile we were supposedly giving away. We really were giving it away. We'll get to that in a minute. One of these keys supposedly opened that box, mailed thousands of these keys out. I was not responsible for it. I just worked there. And on such and such day, the box is going to be there. If you've got this key, you can come and you can open the box. I was very skeptical. Nobody's going to fall for this. Was I ever wrong? 
Boy, I'm telling you what, it was flooded. We had to bring in extra salesmen from other car lots to deal with all the people coming in because the idea is once you get there, we try to sell you a car while you're waiting to try your key in the box. That's the idea. I mean, we were flooded. We The parking lot was full. The showroom was full. Everybody's office was full. There was people everywhere, and they had their key. They wanted to try and open that box. They wanted to see if they had won that car. There was one individual. I felt so bad about this. Wasn't my fault, but I still felt bad about it. He rented a taxi from up above Charlottesville somewhere and paid a taxi to bring him all the way there and sat in the parking lot while, with the clock running until he was able to try his key, and he had to wait for several hours to get to try his key. It was an unfounded optimism. I asked my manager, I said, do one of these keys fit the box? He said, there is a key that fits the box. He said, but we mail out so many keys that the chances of the real key showing up here in the car lot is mathematically impossible. It's not going to be here. He said, but we did buy an insurance policy to pay for the car in case the key shows up. But in all the times that we've done this over all these many years, nobody's ever showed up with the key. Apparently, that key is the one that came to my house, and I'm like, nobody's going to fall for this and throw it in the trash can. It was an unfounded optimism. But faith in God is not an unfounded optimism. Faith in God is not some sort of manufactured hope so. Well, I hope it works out and I hope this will be okay. Or it's not, it's not giving ourselves over the outcome of some random chance. I hope that this works out the way that it should. Faith in God is putting our lives in the hands of an unchanging God who although I cannot see Him has proved Himself faithful over and over and over and over again. This is not some sort of unfounded hope. This is putting my trust in a God who has proven that He can and He will do what He has said He will do. But so many hesitate to put their faith in him simply because they can't physically confirm him. Faith in God is not playing lottery with our lives. It is trusting our lives to the facts, the truths, and the principles that are readily available concerning God. Matter of fact, there are so many proofs of the reality of our God that the Bible says only the fool would say that there is no God. We are putting our faith in someone that is proven he will take care of us. Verse number 2 here in Hebrews 11 states that those who have lived by faith in God have made a mark in history because of the impact they made with a life wholly given over to God. True Bible faith is confident obedience to God's word in spite of the circumstances. God speaks, we hear His Word, we trust on His Word, and we act on His Word. No matter what the circumstances or what the consequences may be, we simply trust what God says. That is living by faith. And the result is a life that makes an impact on the world. That is the work 
of faith. But as we continue through this chapter, not only do we see the work of faith, but in verse number 3, the writer describes the wisdom of faith. He says in verse number 3, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. You know what? One of the biggest questions of mankind is where did we come from? Through faith. I don't struggle over where I came from. Through faith, I don't lose any sleep wondering where I originated. Through faith, I have wisdom. I have understanding because I simply believe what God says. The writer of Hebrew makes it clear in this verse that in spite of what the mockers may say, faith is a very practical thing. In spite of what the unbelievers may say, faith is very practical. Faith rests the soul. Faith calms the mind. Faith satisfies the doubts, the worries, and the confusion. Faith is what answers our questions because God has given us the answers. And when we believe Him, all of those struggles in the human mind are settled and satisfied. There is wisdom that comes from faith. Faith is not some aimless pie in the sky, never satisfied imagination. No, faith in God equips and illuminates the mind of the believer. And faith enables us to understand what God does. Faith helps us understand who God is and why he does what he does. We look at all that's going on in the world. Brother Danny was talking about this this morning in Sunday school. Well, I'm telling you what, the lost are getting nervous because of all that's going on in the world around us. They've got a lot of questions. What is going on? Why is this happening? What, what does all this mean? What, what is going to happen to the world we know? The lost are getting very distraught. They're getting very unsettled. But a Christian who lives by faith is not the least bit concerned. True, we may wish our gas was cheaper too, but we're not concerned. We may pray for those innocent folks in Ukraine who are losing their lives, and we very well should pray for those folks, but we're not distraught wondering what's happening in our world. No, because faith is a practical thing, and faith gives me understanding. And the Bible has told me that this is exactly what is going to happen, that this world that I live in is going to get worse and worse. As we get closer to the end days, there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. The Bible explains all of this, and therefore faith gives me wisdom and understanding that those who do not trust God cannot comprehend. There is wisdom in faith. Faith gives me wisdom in that it reveals to me what others cannot see. Have you ever tried to talk to someone about the things of God? And you use the phrase, can you not see what I'm saying? And they just look at you with an expression that says, no, I can't see what you're saying. But faith allows me to see what they cannot see. This is illustrated in several verses here in chapter number 11. In verse number 7 it says, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, preparing an ark 
to the saving of his house. Everybody thought Noah was crazy. Everybody made fun of Noah. But Noah had seen something they hadn't yet seen. Noah had understanding they did not have. Now Noah was trying to proclaim it to them. Noah was trying to explain it to them. Noah was trying to tell them about it. But because they didn't believe God, they were unable to see what Noah was talking about. But Noah's faith enabled him to see what the world could not see. Faith helps us to see what can't be seen. If you look in verse number 13 of chapter number 11, it says, These all died in faith. Speaking of those listed in chapter number 11, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. They seen what was coming and they lived because of it. You know what the Word of God promises that there's a coming a day uh, when the heavens are going to split open uh, and the Lord Jesus will appear with a shout uh, with the trump of God uh, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Uh, he promises that that is happening uh, and you and I who are students of the Word of God understand this uh, and faith uh, causes us to live a life motivated by the fact uh, that the Lord could return any day uh, because we can see uh, what is coming uh, and the world around us thinks we've lost our mind because we can see what they cannot see. Faith is gives wisdom through sight. Not only that, but look in verse number 27. Speaking of Moses, the Bible says, by faith he, Moses, forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. How was Moses able to walk out of the palace, walk out of the royalty, walk out of everything that was being handed to him and said, I choose rather to suffer affliction with the children of God. Why was he able to do that? Because Moses was able to see him who is invisible. Many times the skeptics want you and I to show them a proof or an evidence of God. Many times we cannot provide an evidence that satisfies their mind, but I in my heart am satisfied because faith enables me to see Him who is invisible to the lost and dying world. There is sight, there is wisdom through faith. Because of this, faith enables us to do what others cannot do. As we looked at these great men and women, we see that people laugh at them for their dedication to the cause of their faith. But God was with them, and he enabled them to succeed for his glory. Here in Hebrews chapter number 11, the first three verses were presented with a clear description of the workings of faith. But then the author turns our attention to several examples of people who lived by and made a difference because of this faith. Now we're not going to look at all of these different folks, these people of faith who are listed in this chapter. We're going to try to look at some of them over the next few weeks in detail. But I want to take a moment and point out a few quick examples from these people of what can be accomplished through faith. In verse number 4, we see that Abel demonstrated faith in his worship. It says in verse number 4, By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts. 
abide he being dead, yet speaketh. Now, several weeks, maybe a few months ago, as we were studying through the book of Genesis, we looked at Abel and Cain making this sacrifice. And we talked about the fact that although the Bible does not record it, it is evident uh, through the sacrifice that was made uh, when Adam and Eve sinned and now uh, the judgment that fell on Cain at this sacrifice that God had revealed to Adam and Eve and to Cain and Abel uh, what he was looking for in a sacrifice. Uh, It is evident that God has told them... uh, that he wants a blood sacrifice and we see that whenever they came to make the sacrifice that Abel brought the blood sacrifice but Cain brought the fruit of the ground the, the, the fruit of his own labor the fruit of his own works he brought a works offering to God Abel brought a blood sacrifice to God and we see that as they came before God that Abel's was accepted and Cain's was rejected and the Bible tells us here that the reason that Abel was able to offer a better sacrifice than Cain was he did it by faith. What does that mean? That Abel acted on what God had said. Although Cain might have made a good argument, although Cain's sacrifice may have been more appealing. Maybe it was a prettier sacrifice. It definitely wasn't as gory a sacrifice. It it was something that could be appreciated by mankind. Definitely Cain had put a lot of effort into this sacrifice, but Abel said, I am going to worship by faith. I am going to worship according to what God has said. And Abel's faith was demonstrated in his worship, and God honored his worship because his worship was centered on what God had said. Well, I'm telling you what, a lot of times when we come to church to worship, it seems that our worship is centered on anything but what God has said. Abel demonstrated faith in his worship. In verse number 5, we see that Enoch demonstrated faith in his walk. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not seek death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. The Bible tells us in the book of Genesis that Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. We see here that Enoch demonstrated his faith in God in his walk. Enoch was a man who the Bible says walked with God to such an extent that he experienced something that only a couple people ever experienced, and that is he got to skip death and go be with his creator. He walked with God. Now living a life that extreme certainly generated some ridicule. Living a life that sold out to God definitely was not the norm. But we see here that Enoch demonstrated his faith in his walk. We see in verse number 7 that Noah demonstrated faith in his work. By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear and prepared an ark to the saving of of his house. And of course, there are many, many other examples here in this chapter. We see people of faith who demonstrated their faith in God, the people of faith. As we conclude this chapter, I'll share a couple more things with you quickly. 
In verse 33 down through verse number 35, we see the power of faith. The power of faith. In verse number 33 it says, Who? Speaking of these people in verse 4 down through verse number 32, the Bible says, Who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. There is a power available through faith. And the Bible tells us here that these people who lived by faith saw the results of faith in their life. Boy, many times whenever something is accomplished for God, we want to take the credit for it says there that they stopped the mouth of lions. We know that's talking about Daniel and maybe others. He wasn't able to take credit for stopping the mouth of the lions. Quench the violence of fire. The three Hebrew children, no way they could take credit for quenching the violence of that fire. And it doesn't matter what takes place, what God allows you to accomplish. We need to understand that it's not by my might nor by my strength, but it is because I have put my faith in a God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I could ask or think. The power of faith. Then in verse number 35 down through verse number 38, we see the price of faith. A life of faith is rewarded by God, but it's often hated by the world. And if you live a life of faith, you are going re- to receive opposition from the world because of it. In verse number 35, we look again. It says, women receive their dead, raised to life again, but then the tone changes. It says, And others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had a trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn asunder. They were tempted. They were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. I love this next phrase, of whom the world was not worthy. They were not worthy to have saints of this caliber in and amongst them. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. The price of faith. You live a life of faith and the world will hate you. But remember that this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. I'm not looking for reward here. I'm not looking for confirmation here. I'm not looking for satisfaction here. I've got my eyes set on a city whose builder and maker is God. And when I find my resurrection, I will find my eternal home. There is a power in faith. There is a price of faith. And then finally, as we conclude the chapter... There is the promise of faith. It says in verse 39 and 40, and boy, this is this could get deep and we're trying to close up, so I'll just let y'all chew on it, all right? But it says here, these all, having obtained a good report through faith, receive not the promise. 
God having provided some better thing for us, that's me and you, that without us, that they without us should not be made perfect. These lived a life of faith, looking toward that promise that God had given them. And they all died believing. They didn't lose their reward. They just haven't got it yet. Why have they not got it yet? Because God had prepared something better for us. That they without us should not receive the promise. And there is coming a day when those in the past who live by faith and those of us who are today living by faith will be raptured up together and together we will receive the reward of a life that is lived in faith for the Lord Jesus Christ. There is a promise of faith. And I am looking forward to that day when that promise comes to pass. As we go through our life as Christians, we're often tempted to slack up on the faith a little bit and indulge in the things of the world a little more because it's what we can see, it's what we can experience, it's what we can confirm through our senses. So we tend to want to invest more in the things of the world. But there's no reward to a life given to this world. But there is a promise to those who live a life of faith. And I'm looking forward to over the next few weeks looking at examples of people both in the Word of God and those who lived after the Word of God who gave their lives to following God by faith and look at all that God accomplished and hopefully challenge us to be people who live our life believing what this book says and living by it. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for blessing this evening. I pray, dear Lord, that you'll take these words that have been said and, Lord, that it'll challenge our heart. And, Lord, that as we open your word, as we read your word, as we learn the truths of your word, that, Father, we will be people who, by faith, uh, will simply trust that what you have said is true. And, Lord, we will apply it. We'll live by it. Lord, we'll make changes according to it. And, Lord, that we will grow in faith. Uh, and, Lord, that we will be a- people who are able to tap in uh, to the power of faith and Lord that you will work through us uh, to make a mighty difference in this world that is around us Father I pray. Thank you for your word thank you for the truth, thank you for the challenge I pray you be with us now as we go our different ways. Uh, I pray you watch over us throughout this week and Lord bring us back to your house again I pray and Father we'll thank you in Jesus name Amen. Amen. Thank you. You are dismissed.